Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Homer and the Hater Show. I'm Jeff, the Homer. This guy is Lance. He's the Hater. What's up, Lance? How are you today? I've been told that at the start of the programs, I should smile. So if you saw that <laughs> smile, you know, I've been told that I should smile. That connotes a warming presence and it invites you guys into the program and it makes you want to listen, particularly on the YouTube side. So I'm going to start the programs with a with a nice smile. smile. Nice smile. Very good. So, OK, let's get things started. The headline of this episode is not really Steelers related. It's more NFL related. And that stems from news that are surround the Rooney rule. Now, for those that are not, I'm, I'm sure all Steeler fans are somewhat um I guess at least are in tune to the Rooney rule and what it is, and what it stands for, considering it was named after Dan Rooney, the late Dan Rooney, the team president and owner. So the Rooney rule initially was just to give you a very layman's mainstream version of it is that you as an organization, if you have a coaching vacancy, you would have to interview at least one minority candidate during your search. Okay, that was it. Basically, it was established to try to get minority candidates in the door. Okay, but now, as Lance told me right before we went on the air in 2018, that was altered a little bit. And now it turned into you have to go outside of your own building to find that interview. So or there's a actual list that they could follow. But essentially, you can't just say, okay, we have an assistant coach who's a minority we know he's not going to get the job. But we're going to say that we interview him for the p- position. Therefore, we're fulfilling our obligation to the Rooney rule. This thing has gone sideways more ways than one. And it's not necessarily it's what we're going to talk about. Is it still relevant today in the NFL? That's the question. Is it still relevant? Is the Rooney rule still necessary? And is it relevant? Lance, I'll throw it over to you. I know you have some figures and stuff like that that you want to go over before we really get into the meat of this discussion. Let me give you the enhancements to the rule, and, and the rule was enhanced by the Fritz Pollard Association or Alliance that works with the NFL in terms of the Rooney Rule and other policies of diversity within the National Football League. So let me give you the four enhancements. One, clubs must interview at least one diverse candidate from the Career Development Advisory Panel list. And you can find that list on the Internet if you do a search. It's a list of coaches and candidates or diverse candidates not currently employed by the club. This was changed primarily because clubs were circumventing the the good intent of the Rooney Rule by interviewing, let's say, uh, an assistant coach on their staff that had no opportunity to get the job, but thus doing it to comply to the rule. Number two, clubs must continue best practice recommendations of considering multiple diverse candidates, Clubs must maintain complete records and furnish to the league upon commissioner request. And if the final decision maker is involved in the beginning, he or she must be involved through the conclusion of the process. And this was, again, endorsed by the Fritz Pollard Alliance. There you have it. So that's the the nuts and bolts of it. I think we've talked about this a little bit on our show before. Maybe the standard is the standard, the the Rooney Rule. And I, I, I you saw the news. I'm sure this would stem. Right. You want to talk about this? That they're trying to incentivize if a team 
basically has a minority candidate or interviews someone, they're basically trying to say like, Hey, if you have a, a person of color that is a head coach or a minority owner that you're going to somehow get a higher draft slot or something of that nature. When you heard that Lance, what were your thoughts? Uh, to me, it seems like a slippery slope, but I want to get your thoughts first. Let me give you exactly what, and this is from an article in undefeated. They said that the, under the, the proposal first reported by the NFL, a team could improve its third round draft selection by as much as 16 picks, moving up 10 spots for hiring a candidate of color as a general manager or an equivalent level position and six spots for hiring a head coach of color in the draft process preceding the second season of the new hires. It was funny. I mean, well, that in and of itself seemed weird. Um, You know, the number of picks, how they got to the picks and so on and so forth. So that is the, that is the proposal. When I first heard it, my, my thought was, it is very hard to move billionaires to do anything. And draft picks will not be enough. That although the I, I get the intent of trying to provide an incentive, but you shouldn't have to provide an incentive. The incentive should be finding the best coaching candidate. Where I think the issue is, and so I'm saying that I still think the Rooney rule is needed and but I think it has to be enhanced but it has to be implemented better cuz let me let me give you a, a list of coaches and this is in 100 years now prior to the Rooney rule you had seven African American coaches and or minority coaches or coaches of color Fritz Pollard, Tom Flores, Art Shell, Dennis Green, Ray Rhodes, Tony Dungy and Herm Edwards that was prior to the Rooney rule. So that's seven. So you've had 26 coaches of color in a hundred years of the national football league. That constitutes an issue uh, clearly by numbers and by percentage. Since then you've had Marvin Lewis, Lovey Smith, Terry Robisky, Romeo Cornell. One thing should jump out to you is many of these coaches were in Tony Dungy's pipeline. Uh, Emmett Thomas, Mike Singletary, Jim Caldwell, Raheem Morris, Perry Fuel, Leslie Frazier, Eric Studesville, Ron Rivera, Todd Bowles, Hugh Jackson, Anthony Lynn, Vance Joseph, Stephen Wilkes, and Perry Fuel. And some of those coaches you've never heard of because these were coaches that were interim coaches after you had a firing. So that's why many people have probably never heard of Eric Studsville. Um let me give you another Emmett Thomas. Many people have never heard of Emmett Thomas. I mean, Emmett Thomas's record is one in two as a coach. Eric Studesville's record is one in three. So I think when you look at the numbers, it constitutes that there needs to be something in place. But I just don't think draft picks will incentivize billionaires to hire minority coaches. I just don't think it will work. No, I agree with you. And, and you know, as you as you were talking and, and reading off that list, I basically I I too man when we talked about this via text the other day, I, I go to what Jerry Dulac said on Twitter when this news broke about the potential incentive incentivizing teams that have minority candidates as actually hire them as coaches or GMs. 
And he said, this is not what Dan Rooney, this is not what Dan Rooney wanted. This is not what he was like pointing to saying, hey, this is the the end game for the Rooney rule. And the more I think about it, and this is going to sound as insensitive, I I don't want you to take it that way, anyone that's listening. I think they should just abolish the rule. And it's because, to me, when you have teams, many teams, that are blatantly skirting this rule, and there's no repercussions at all for that. I mean, let's be honest. The perfect example is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay? They had a head coach. They got rid of Garrett. They're bringing in a new head coach. Sure, they fulfilled their need to bring in a minority candidate. They knew who they were going to hire. They knew the whole time they were going to hire. I'm trying to think of someone other than Mike Tomlin who potentially got that job as a head coach because of that one interview, because they got the interview. Here's where I think it's it's falling apart. These owners are doing what they're supposed to, but they're really not going into it with an open mind. They're not giving these candidates a legitimate chance to show what they are capable of. Everyone that was paying attention in 2007 knew that it was between, everyone thought it was, it was Russ Grimm's job. Once Ken Wisenhunt said, I'm not waiting and I'm going to Arizona, everyone said, well, Russ Grimm's going to be the next head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin gets an interview, defensive coordinator from the Minnesota Vikings. No one really knows anything about him. He wows the Roonies. He wows everyone that was in that room with his preparedness. He is obviously a good speaker. We know this. And he gets the job. I just feel like now in 2020 and in a few years previous, you've hear, you've heard more criticism of the rule, but it's not the rule. It's how people are utilizing the rule. I feel like if it's being manipulated this way, it's going against everything that it was created to do. And that's to give people a legitimate chance at getting a job. And they're not getting that chance. And if the, these teams are saying, we know who we want, we're just going to go out and basically jump through hoops and check boxes. What's the use of even having it, Lance? Does that that make sense to you? I I get what you're saying, but I think the problem in that is when you have, when a lot of basis, the basis of hiring. So I'm looking at the comments of Jeff Lauderdale and and Ryan O'Toole. um, And Ryan O'Toole said, why base it on color? You want the best coaches no matter what color. Requiring an equal mix of white, black, Japanese coaches is crap. BCA is available. First of all, the rule does not require an owner to hire anyone. And, and, and that's part of why I'm glad we're doing the show because it c- clears up some misconceptions about the rule. You cannot require an owner to hire anyone. It is an interviewing process. So let me clear that up. And secondly, more than likely in the National Football League, I don't care who you're going to require. To Ryan O'Toole's point, white, black, or Japanese, they're more, they're more than likely going to suck. Like that, that that's the funny thing about it is most of these coaches are going to suck, whether they're black, whether they're women, whether they're Japanese, whatever, they're going to suck. The odds are in a National Football League, you are going to be a head coach and you are going to fail. Why are you going to fail? Because more than likely you've got a bad quarterback. Right. You're going to suck. So it's not even it, it's just about opportunity and getting into the process and this is a process where meritocracy isn't always what is valued. I mean, you can't tell me that uh, Cliff Klingsbury was the most 
was the most qualified coaching candidate to get the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals job. You can't tell me that Joe Judge, you know, those two individuals are no knock on those guys. They have no coaching experience at the professional level, at the coordinator level, in the National Football League. You can't tell me that Joe Judge was the most qualified person to be the head coach of the New York football Giants. Now, if you want to roll the dice for the Cardinals, who cares about the Cardinals? We're talking about the New York football Giants. And so to Jeff Lauderdale's point, he said absolutely absurd. Shouldn't have to incentivize to interview any candidates. You are correct. You should not have to incentivize to interview any candidates. But unfortunately, if you don't, there's been 26 people of color who have been head coaches in the National Football League. 26 in 100 years. The Cleveland Browns, they've had Hugh, Hugh Jackson, but the Cleveland Browns hire a head coach every other year. I mean, just think of how many head coaches there have been in 100 years, and you've had 26. So that tells you there's an issue. Um, and so Jeff says, just like they evaluate the majority of players, they should interview candidates based on their body of work. The key thing that he said in that comment is should. And that's why you have a Rooney rule is they should interview candidates based on their body of work. But the problem is they aren't. And so I want to just bring out um, another stat here. And are you aware, Jeff, that Andy Reid has had 10 assistants become head coaches? Seven are currently head coaches. Hmm. That's quite a uh, coaching tree. I didn't know that. His coaching tree is probably the most extensive. Him, Parcells, you know, because Parcells has Belichick, Belichick, and Tony Dundee's is extensive. But Andy Reid's is extremely extensive. Eric Bieniemy couldn't is unable to get a job being the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid. So that just tells you the difficulty it is for minority for minority coaches to get these jobs. And what we've seen now in the National Football League is to get a head coaching job, more than likely, you have to be an offensive coordinator. And there's only two minority offensive coordinators in the National Football League. That's Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy. And if Eric Bieniemy can't get a job, and I think that's why you see the NFL trying to move in this direction, because if Eric Bieniemy can't get a job, I mean, he has his hands on the most potent weapon that the NFL has seen probably in the last 25 years at Patrick Mahomes and one of the most innovative offenses. Then what do you do? Like his body of work is solid enough to get a head coaching job. I mean, how does Joe Judge get a head coaching job before Eric Bieniemy? So in a process where it's not always based on merit, it gets very difficult and you can't make these owners do anything. And I agree. You should not have to make them do anything, but I just don't think draft picks will incentivize them to do anything. Like in the cases you're talking about when you're going to hire Gruden anyway, or you have these coaches in mind. And a lot of this is based on relationships. I guess for me, because let's as Steeler fans, there's pride in the Rooney family. There's pride that the Rooney's have been the, you know, 
the name for the Steelers. Yeah, there's minority owners, but at the same time, they are the name for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when I hear the Rooney rule getting being like a, a punchline and, and it becomes a joke to these NFL teams, it frustrates fans. And they say, but that what was Dan Rooney's objective? Like you said, just to get them, give them a chance. I don't think incentivizing is the way to go. I think that if the NFL and maybe it's a Fritz Pollard foundation, or whatever finds that the Las Vegas Raiders or the Dallas Cowboys did not legitimately follow the rule, then don't give draft picks to everyone that does it. Maybe you penalize those that don't. And maybe it's, in, again, it, you get to these rules, and I, I like the rule. I've always liked the rule. And like I've said, we both have agreed. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was someone else. But I'll ask you, would Mike Tomlin be the head coach of the Steelers without the rule? Yes. You think that, no, I'm saying, with, do you think that he at least would have been interviewed without the Rooney rule being in place in 07? Yes. Okay, so you think that Mike Tomlin would have been the head coach of the Steelers even if the Rooney rule wasn't in place? Yes, because See, Ron I, Rivera I disagree. Because, because Ron Rivera was the Rooney rule interview. Right, but I I just I just think that, you know, there's there's a long standing I think that Russ Grimm probably would have had the the he would have been the leader in the clubhouse, as they say with golf. You know, he would have been the front runner. And maybe so you think Ron Rivera was the in 07 was the Rooney Rule? Yeah, he was the, he was the Rooney Rule interview. That's on I mean that's on record that he was Okay. Well technically he, Tomlin would have filled that too. But Rooney, but he was interviewed before Tomlin. So right. because he was interviewed that. before Tomlin, he became the Rooney Rule interview. I, I think given the Steelers track record, because of their history in terms of Tony Dungy being the first uh, African-American defensive coordinator, because of the Rooney Rule's history, Tomlin would have gotten an opportunity. But see, but that's where it comes to, Jeff, and that's the point that you're making and I agree with. I, I think the tweak to the Rooney Rule is – it's the number of interviews I think has to increase. So when you say one diverse candidate, that that's not enough. Increase the number of interviews. But I think you also have to attack it from the assistant coaching perspective as well. You have to get more minority coaches, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, because right now, you're not going to get a job if you're a minority, if you're if, if you're a minority coaching candidate and you're on the defensive side of football. It's going to be very tough. The flavor of the month right now in the National Football League is offense and innovation. Innovative offense, that's how you're going to get a job. Like Matt Canada, I don't care what the Steelers' offense looks like. When you look at Matt Canada's track record and his offensive success, in college over the course of several Matt Canada, especially if Ben comes back and he does well, Matt Canada is going to be a head coach. You can guarantee it. You can, you can, you can mark the tape. Offensive innovation right now is where it is. Now, if the NFL somehow swings back to, and I think it will swings back to a league where defensive innovation meets and, and stops offensive innovation headlong because there's going to be some creative new defensive scheme. I think you will have more African-American coaches, more minority coaches, because a lot of those guys are slanted on the defensive side of the football. I don't know for what reason, 
but there just haven't been a ton of minority OCs and offensive guys on that side of the ball. And I think on top of everything, that is really impacting the ability for minority coaches to get head coaching positions. I mean, you only have two. You have Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy. You only have two African-American OCs. I mean, you'll have you have countless defensive OCs, defensive coordinators just have two. So I think right now that's really hurting. But Eric Bieniemy not getting a job really puts a spotlight on the National Football League. And if owners are legitimately giving minority candidates an equal opportunity to get these jobs. Yeah, I think that's what I that's that's what Rooney wanted was what you just said, equal opportunity. And that is that you give them an a, a really an opportunity to win the job. And it's frustrating when you have these owners that like I said, you you said it with the Raiders. They knew they wanted Gruden. They weren't they didn't want anyone else. And so yeah, they probably had someone come in and it was probably a short interview and they said, Oh, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. But they, they knew they already knew. So equal opportunity. It's going to be tough to police that in, in any way, shape or form, because technically if, like I said earlier, you check all those boxes, then, you know, what are you going to do? Like, what well, maybe it is increasing the number, but to me, if the owners and you can't change this, at least not overnight, if the owners already know, if Jerry Jones knew who he wanted as his head coach, he could go through as many minority candidates in terms of interviews as he would want. He still knows who he's going to hire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so exactly. It, exactly. I mean, exactly. You're exactly right. So I don't know. It's, it, me, it's a, it's a, first, go ahead. Let me look at uh, like Ryan too. And I'm not picking on Ryan too. I'm just looking at his comments. Cause those are actually just going down in order. Right, so yeah. I, I'm not picking on you, Ryan. Um, if it's all about winning and given the failure rate, of NFL coaches, you would think that they would interview everyone and give everyone an equal opportunity to go suck. I mean, because, I mean, we just know that for the most part, these coaches are going to suck. All these guys lose, like all these guys lose. And, and I've said it over and over and over again, getting a job is not based on if you can coach well, it's not, it's based on relationships and your experience. I think owners realize winning in the National Football League is very difficult. And because of that, you will get the benefit of the doubt of sucking. Because there have been numerous coaches who have been coaches one, two, three different times and have sucked every single time. And as a fan, you're wondering, what did they say in the interview to convince you that this guy who sucked twice before would be successful again. I mean, there's nothing. So because we can see that happening over and over again, we call them retreads because that happens. That's why you need a Rooney rule is because even bad coaches, Non-minority bad coaches are given an opportunity to suck multiple times. And that's essentially what coaches of color and minority coaches want. They want the opportunity to suck multiple times. It's not, we're not even talking excellence and being good coaches, just an opportunity. Now, Hugh Jackson was very lucky. Hugh Jackson has gotten multiple opportunities to suck, and he's been bad multiple times. 
But that's all good. I mean, that's all good. It's hard. Tony Junge, he's been a coach multiple times. He's been successful. It's just trying to increase the pipeline. I think the expansion of the Rooney Rule should be for assistants to try to get more African-American, more minority assistant coaches into the pipeline where you get more HCs, more DCs, excuse me, more DCs and more OCs, just to increase the number of minority candidates in the hiring process. Allow Owners should allow themselves to be wild by somebody else to where, and, and that's why coaches, and that's why owners make bad hires and that's why teams lose because owners aren't doing their due diligence and hiring, like Ryan O'Toole says, enough candidates. And the priority isn't winning. The priority is winning the press conference and making this splashy hire. And oftentimes, that's why organizations lose forever. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that needs tweaked if they're going to keep the rule. And I think they are. I don't think they're ever going to abandon it, but they, they need to tweak it. By all means, they need to tweak it. And, and the one thing that sticks in my mind is you were you know, reading off that list earlier in the show. It's not as if minority head coaches haven't had success. Yes. You know, ex- I mean, exactly. it's, not, it's not like, you know, well, there's never been a black coach to win a Super Bowl. No, there has multiple yes. and a bunch yeah. have gone to Super Bowls. And you talk about retreads and yeah, Tony Dungy coaching Herm Edwards coached in a couple locales, uh, Denny green. Uh, but it, it's one of those situations where, um, I, I don't, it, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect and they need to figure out what the best course of action is to try to get it as close to connected as possible. Maybe it is like you said with the coordinators and really diving into those coordinator positions and seeing where can we influence the interview process there as well? Maybe that's, I actually like that. The more you talk about that, I actually am on board with that because that's the stepping stone. You know what I mean? Not yeah. many coaches, not many head coaches in the NFL go from, let's say wide receiver coach to head coach. You know, it's, it's typically always a coordinator that gets promoted. Now there are exceptions to every rule, But even Mike Tomlin, he was only a defensive coordinator for one year in Minnesota, but he went from defensive coordinator to head coach for Pittsburgh. And um, even Joe Judge, that is his name, right? Yes. (laughs) He was a special teams coordinator for New England. (laughs) And so even though special teams is often laughed at and mocked in terms of coordinator hierarchy, he was a coordinator and then he gets the head coaching job. So maybe that's Wayne Harbaugh. He was a special teams guy as well. Old Wang Wang Harbs, you know. <laughs> Wang <So>. Harbs. <laughs> to your point, Jeff. To your point, I'm I'm just gonna read it real quick. Tom Flores won a Super Bowl. Art Shell went to a couple of AFC championships. Denny Green, a couple of NFC championships. Ray Rose, NFC divisional game. Tony Dungy wins the Super Bowl. Herm Edwards, uh, two two AFC divisional games. Marvin Lewis. Well, we know Marvin Lewis. He's a bungle. Um <laughs> <laughs> Lovey Lovey Smith NFC Championship, um, lost in Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl. Uh, Robisky was was bad. Uh, Romeo Crennel wasn't very good. Tomlin, of course, Super Bowl winner, never had a losing season, six forty four winning percentage. Um, look at Jim Cotwell, lost in the Super Bowl. Um, Ron Rivera NFC champion, lost in the Super Bowl. So you just look at the success. So the success is there. There is no reason why 
owners shouldn't be interviewing minority candidates to be head coaching jobs. If Ryan O'Toole is correct, if you're all about winning, you need to hire, you need to interview as many qualified candidates as possible. You can't make these sexy splash hirings like, like the Killingsbury hire. That's a bad hire. I mean, he just, I mean, he may eventually win. It may be proven to be a good hire, but you're trying to tell me that guy that never won at Texas Tech, never won in college, was qualified, more qualified than than other candidates, assistant coaches in the NFL? No way. He's got a great house. You know, he's got great interior <laughs> well, decorating. It's, a, it's the same. It's the same thing in Carolina with the uh, the coach that they hired from Baylor. Yeah. Um, you can't tell me this guy has no NFL coaching experience whatsoever. No. And you're telling me just because he turned around a, a Baylor big, <laughs> big right. 12 program. Right. Right. Uh, really? Anyways, I want to read a couple comments here and get your take on them. Dave Schofield, the Oracle, obviously, he had a good one. He said, I think the NFL needs to hire someone like Tony Dungy to run a mentoring program to assist minority coaches with the interview process and building their resume. I have an answer I for that. I have an answer ahead. for that. That is being done through the Fritz Pollard Alliance. Good. The Fritz Pollard Alliance okay. is doing so, that. And so that's that's definitely, you know, one of the things, and I remember, I'm not sure if it was Art Rooney II or Dan Rooney, when they talked about Tomlin's interview in 2007, they said that he was ridiculously prepared for that interview. He had binders that were, here are my workout plans, here's the practice schedules. Here's He had it down. Every single nut and bolt of his program was there for them to see, and that blew them away. So maybe that is something. Now here's Grayson Brown. He's a hater. Let like me, you. let, let me to, let ahead. me add let me add to the to to the um and why and why this process is so hard to crack for minority candidates is he came. You know why he got the interview. You know why he got the interview. Jeff Tony Dungy called. He called Art and Dan and said, "Look." You guys need to interview Mike. I got this coach down here, Mike Tomlin, that's worked for me, who's fantastic. He's the type of coach that I think will bring the energy, the ability, everything that you're looking for. Give him a chance. He said, Tony, man, we love you. We're going to interview him. Have him set it up. We'll set it up. He'll come in. That's what happened. And I, I can't remember the quote. It's like when preparation meets opportunity. Something happens. You probably know that quote, Jeff. Do you know quotes? Somebody uh, knows that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know that quote, right? When when opportunity meets preparation, something happens. And that's what happened with Tomlin. He was connected enough in the right tree to get the opportunity. He got the opportunity and he seized it. He said, Look, man, <laughs> I get an opportunity to be the coach of the Steelers. I'm going to be ready. And I'm going to be yeah. right. And so the alliance does do that. And that's Absolutely. why, and that's why minority coaches, even if you don't know, even if you know you're not going to get the job, you still should interview and put yourself in the mix to put yourself on the lips of owners and show them how prepared you are. So even in the situation with the Raiders job, take the flight, get prepared and get ready for your next opportunity. I agree. Grayson Brown, who's commented on our show before, he's a hater like you, Lance. Um, he put it. He put it well. I think he said incentivizing it just seems so, and he kind of puts a 
I don't know. He said disrespectful. He said hire people because they have something you want, value, and appreciate. Don't do it just to check a box. And that's exactly. kind of my take on. Yeah. Don't I don't I don't want this this rule. And when Jerry Dulac said on Twitter, "This is not what Dan wanted." He didn't want someone to just check a box. He wanted someone to give a legitimate shot. That's what this whole thing was about. So before we go into a Q&A here with our fans and about Steelers and anything that's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, is there anything else you want to add before we move on, Lance, about this topic? I mean, I would agree with Dulock is saying. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and so Ryan Kellerman says, success occurs when opportunity meets preparation. That's the quote. You guys, you guys feel me. That is the quote. That is the quote. Uh, I don't know what, and I asked Dulock, what did Mr. Rooney intend? Because when you write statements like that on Twitter, you kind of leave it, you leave it hanging, but you don't offer what they intended. Like, I have no idea. I didn't know the man. I have no idea what he intended. I just think you just open you open up the pipeline like you just instead of one interview, you make it five and you also. You also extend the role to to interview more minority candidates for OC and DC positions. You have to just get more minority coaching candidates into the pipeline. And so you have more interviews that gives you a greater chance The incentivizing. I don't I don't think it's going to work. I mean, just make a trade and jump up to the second round like, like you you could I mean, you could just make a trade and get better compensation anyway. You know, I, I just don't think the trade stuff will work or the draft stuff will work. I agree. So let, let's get to some questions. We'll we'll change it up a little bit. Let the uh um obviously let the live viewers in the live chat give us something to talk about here's something um regarding ben roethlisberger i don't know how to say that name i'm not gonna try um suleiman jelani there you go he or she he says does ben roethlisberger go out on top if the steelers win the super bowl do you think that if let's say the steelers have a great year the defense play balls out again ben's back he's healthy do you think that if he wins it all he pulls an Elway and says, peace out. I'm taking my $23 million or whatever I'm still owed in 2021, and I'm gone. Oh, he's he's not even going to be given the opportunity. He's going to be told by the Rooney family, this is a wrap. <laughs> we're, if we're, they win the Super Bowl, oh, you're oh, telling yeah, me yeah. that he's yeah. – No yeah, way. There's they're, no they're, way. If he wins the Super Bowl, they're going to want oh, him yeah. back because they're going to want to get something for the money. If he wins the Super Bowl, they're going to give him the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Come on, man. How can you say that? You're telling me if he plays well enough to win it all, that they're going to say go out when he has one more year left on his contract and they're going to have to pay him over $20 million for doing nothing. They're going to want something for their money. I don't think there's any chance that he would. Now, next year, if they win it then, then they might say, well, okay, we're done. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think they'll take the cap hit and, and, and they'll move on. It's the perfect way to end the Ben Roth. They'll draft the cube. It's the perfect way to end. It's the perfect way to move on. But it's the story so ends. stupid. It, but it's so stupid. It great storybook ending. Not going to deny it, but it would be the dumbest thing that they could do from an organizational standpoint. Why? Because they would then be drafting 32nd in the first round. There's not going to be a future quarterback there 
at 32. You ride, you ride, you, you, you ride with Mason for one more year. You get him ready and you know, you just play it out. I think, I, I think he's gone. If he wins, he's gone. He's out. See you. He will not come back. He'll get the third. And uh, I think Tony was talking about it and, and brunch with Tony. Did anybody know what Tony ate on Saturday? I was trying to, was trying to Tony. Oh, oh, by the way, Jeff, Tony needs uh, Tony had said that he'd lost a lot of weight recently. and He needs some healthy breakfast options for brunch with Tony on Saturday. So I, I'm okay. asking for Tony because we want Tony to eat brunch while he's doing the show. So make sure you hit up Tony with some healthy JH 21 breakfast. options. Go. We got him. He, he has my number. He can hook me up. He can hit me up and I'll get, help him out. This is a good question, and Ryan Kellerman asked. He said, isn't Ben able to go to the facility on Tuesday, May 19th? And the answer to that is yes. He will be allowed to go to the facility on Tuesday, May 19th if he is receiving rehab with the Steelers, doctors, and things like that. Um, If you haven't heard yet, the NFL released their phase one, level one, whatever you want to call it, in regards to the reopening process, and that is if – that local area and in Pittsburgh, that area is now there. The stay at home orders have been lifted at least the first level Tuesday, the Steelers and Bert Lawton, the director of PR already said that they will be opening up 50% of employees. And we're not, there are no coaches or players allowed unless the players are receiving rehab and other treatments. So Ben very well could be in the facility on, on May 19th when the, when the facility opens up, do I think he will? I, he probably has people come to his house. <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, to be will. completely honest, he's probably not going to be going to the facility, but he could if necessary. Um, I guess that's Allegheny so County. No- I guess I guess they're talking Allegheny County, and I guess that they work out on the south side, I'm assuming. I think they do over on the south on, side. Man, you're, uh, you're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move you out of the stream, Lance. You're really – guys there for a sec see if you can get your internet straight um but to, just to just to clarify since west i'm, I'm sorry yeah since western maryland is now western pennsylvania is now in that level one lifted from their quarantine that the steelers will be uh able to open their facility and they do plan on it so yes to answer the question ben absolutely could let's see if we can get lance back lance you there yeah i'm not sure what happened i don't know i don't know either because it was okay the same. so uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's yeah, Allegheny really County. I think they're on the south mm-hmm. side, so um, UPMC probably on the, the south. Whole, side. That that whole southwestern Pennsylvania is now like when you look at the map. Okay. There's red and there's yellow. Yellow okay. means that they're able to kind of open up. Red, like so Philly, and even down to the Mason Dixon sure. line is still red. Yeah, but everywhere else in the state is started to open. So yeah, you're we'll right. Talk about Ben that. is Ben is Ben has probably got somebody coming to the house. Like why? There's, I mean, for someone with his resources, there's no need to leave. I mean, you've got so you can, you can craft your own experience with that amount of money. So, I'm assuming they're telling him to stay home. Now, I did see a report that Roethlisberger has been in constant contact with his receivers, especially even Chase Claypool, even Eric Ebron, who he's never worked with before, and he's he's basically trying to be ready to go so that if and when facilities are able to be opened up to players and coaches and they're able to get in there. He's ready to go in there and he wants to, the work to start. Now here's everyone's like, well, what else? You would expect that he's ready to throw. 
to these guys. That's worth noting. Now, he won't throw every day, but he is planning on throwing. So it's not going to be a situation where Ben's going to come back. He's going to stand there and watch. His arm is at least healthy enough right now that he's going to be able to be throwing the football. And so that's good. Nightshades. Yes. There you go. Stay away from those nightshades. All right. Let's get to the next question here. You're impressed that I, I remembered that. Nightshade. The question is, can you tell me a couple vegetables that would fall under that category? Uh, no, but I do remember <laughs> nightshades, though. I know that Tom Brady avoids nightshades. Yes, he does. For, for, for swelling. Inflammation. I thought you said, yes. infl- I thought you said tomatoes. You're right. And tomatoes are nice. So he can't no ketchup, no uh nothing with tomatoes, no tomato paste, no peppers. I shock you sometimes. Sometimes. I do. I do. All right. Snowman puts ten dollars in the tip jar. We appreciate that, Snowman. Thank you very much. He said if a team has somebody in mind as a head coach, aka the Raiders with Chucky, they should hire who they want, not interview someone who doesn't have a chance at the job. That's the flip side of this, and that's that's what the NFL owners are essentially saying. Hey, hey, hey well, okay, we we know who we want to hire, and we're going to do that no matter what. If we, how many people do we have to interview? That's essentially what they're saying. That's what we're, what I was referring to, and Lance was referring to. You want to open things up, and I like Lance's ideas. Okay, so let's say you are John Gruden's your guy, and no matter what, like that's your guy. Well, then what about interviewing? candidates for the offensive coordinator position that might be open and maybe having John Gruden, if he is your guy say, Hey, okay, you hired them. You need to have so many interviews for this job. And I think that's important, you know, getting people in the system. So there you go. And see to snowman's point, that's the difficulty for minority coaching candidates is that barrier is already can be already up. And so you never get into the process. And the only way you can be on the lips of owners is to get an opportunity. So it's it's a it's a catch twenty two. If you're never given a chance, you never have a chance to show your merits or your worth. So it's a difficult problem. I get where Snowman is saying, and, and that makes sense. Um, a B Lance is showing us how he shot Pac <laughs> sideways side. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, that's pretty funny. All right. Let's go to our, another question here. Dave Shipley asked, my question is, are we winning running? What's here? Okay. Are we looking to be, have a physical offense? Or are we going to run a fast offense? The whole playbook, what do you think they should be doing? Looking for more physical or more of an up-tempo style? Uh, that's hard to what say. What are your thoughts, We're- Lance? we're going to run whatever Ben wants to run. So if a physical offense means running the football a lot, you know, hashtag, you know what, you know, he ain't get his elbow fixed to hand off. Like, so it's just going to be, you need to run whatever your quarterback wants you to want you to run, whatever your quarterback feels comfortable with. I think it's going to be kind of a combination of the two as he, develops more rhythm with his receivers as he starts to reacclimate himself to the speed of the game and playing. I think the offense will open up. I think they're going to have to be more traditional early, more running, more play action passing initially. So all of the focus isn't put on Ben Roethlisberger 
to be himself that quickly. So I think you'll have more of a blend. And I know what Jeff is going to say. It's the B word. Balance. Yeah, the team that can do it all is the team that's the most dangerous. The team that can run when they need to run, that can get the extra yard when you need that yard, yet can also go up tempo and run the fast, quick, no-huddle offense. Those are the toughest offenses to defend. And the Steelers could actually – I think they could beat that. It just depends on Ben's health, and and we'll see. But um, I think that's that should be the objective for the Steelers this year is – we want to be everything. We want to be good at running the ball. We want to be able to pass the ball. We want to make sure that we are smart enough and intelligent enough to run the no huddle whenever we want, not just in those two-minute, four-minute drill situations. So there you go. So, all right, Lance, anything to add for the good of the order? Or are you ready to call it a show? I mean, the one thing I'd like to add in terms of the, the, the Rooney rule and the whole hiring process, I think clearly, I mean, me and you would agree, and I think most of the people in the live chat would agree is, the way things have been done when it comes to hiring has not worked because most coaches suck. We, we are not talking about a process that gleans good coaches. Most coaches stink. Most teams lose. So trying to do it a different way is not a bad thing. You know, yeah. You know, Selling out for John Gruden because he had success in the past. I get it. I understand. They have not made the playoffs yet. Right? I mean, so coaches coaches don't do well in the National Football League. So taking an opportunity, you know, taking the chance to give an opportunity to a minority head coach for him to fail is no different than anything else that coach, that ownerships have been doing. Most people make bad coaching decisions most teams are not the Steelers where they're going to have three consecutive hall of fame coaches I mean most teams will never do that they will not go Noel Cower Tomlin that just will not happen just like most teams won't draft four hall of famers in one draft I mean the Steelers have been very good in doing this when you want to find the best candidates, you need to interview as many candidates as possible. You minimize your chances of having success if you fall in love with some guy and you don't do your due diligence in trying to find a good coach. So, hey, I mean, hey, keep for the rest of the NFL, keep doing it like you're doing it. Keep hiring the the Klingsberries and the Joe Judges, because those will be teams that the Steelers continue to beat. So continue, continue being bad in terms of how you hire coaches and not giving guys opportunities. But it's going to be interesting to see if Bienemy and Leftwich will ascend to becoming head coaches. I'm pretty sure Bienemy will get a job pretty soon. I mean. I mean, he you ha- you would have to think that Bienemy is going to get a job unless everybody is crediting everything to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid says that's not the case. Like Andy yeah. Reid says, that's not the case. He says the guy does the game planning. He has the whole play chart play chart in his mind. I mean, Andy Reid gives Eric Bienemy so many flowers, and so I mean, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this all yeah. works out. Time will tell. Time will tell. I think we'll get it. I think we'll get a shot. One thing, one thing, Jeff, you're going to laugh at this. Can you pop up young boy 24's comment? Uh, Let me find it here. 
It's about Ben's past attempts. <laughs> no, oh, that's, that's not it. No, that's not that's that not one. The one? It's, no, it's the other one uh, at 11.33 a.m. about the past attempts. I, I'll read it. You'll find it. It says Ben's going to have a thousand pass attempts this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, possibly. Ben is going it. Ben's going to sling it, man. Ben is going to get two years of pass attempts. I said, look, I'm going to win my seventh. It's going to be my last year. So I'm going to throw the rock a thousand times so I can get better stats than Eli, have three rings, and go in as you know, a Hall of Famer. I think Ben's a Hall of Famer right now. If Ben wins a third, he's absolutely a shoe-in Hall of Famer. I think he's a shoe-in now. Three rings, three rings, four Four, four times in the big game, he's a Hall of Famer, absolutely. So I don't have anything more. Jeff, you got anything? No, I think it's has been a good show. It's it's not our usual topics and things like that, but sometimes that's what you, you need to talk about, stuff that isn't in your wheelhouse. And so I, I hope people enjoyed the show. And uh, just a reminder that we are going to be back on schedule, as we always are this week. Tomorrow, Monday, you'll have Brian Anthony Davis and Tony Defio on the Steelers Q&A. Tuesday will be the Schofield boys with the uh, stat geek. We'll be back on Wednesday for the standard is the standard. Thursday, the preview. Lance, as you guys said it on Friday. And then Steelers brunch with Tony on Saturdays. So, Lance, good show as always. Why don't you send us out? Nightshades, baby. Nightshades. <laughs> and as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Amen. Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Homer and the Hater Show.